0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is Carolina Hurricanes Day on the DG Show. As David is off globetrotting, another man who has been everywhere around this world and back again. He is the voice of the National Hockey League on the NHL on NBC and your Carolina Hurricanes on Fox Sports Carolinas. And on the simulcast on your radio stations that pick up Carolina Hurricanes hockey, the one and only John Forsland. John, I hope your summer is going well.
1: Well, great, Michael. Great to hear your voice. How are you?
0: I am uh, actually couldn't be better, John. I'm going to be married for 17 years next week, and somehow somehow she said she's going to make it to at least next week, so I'm doing well.
1: Well, as far as you're concerned, that's the definition of smoke and marriage.
0: (laughs) Absolutely, my friend. Yeah, it's a fourth liner. I just find a way to play my role well. That's it. (laughs) Speaking of, uh, before we look to what's going on this summer and what we expect to happen for the Carolina Hurricanes, How did everybody play their part so well for the Hurricanes this past season that resulted in the run to the Eastern Conference Finals?
2: Well,
1: I I think it's a a lesson in in unity, chemistry, and and dictutiveness. And I I think it was obviously led by the coach. And and Rod Bridenomore did one of the most masterful jobs you're ever going to see. And not just laying out a plan and trying to execute it, but making sure that he stayed stubborn to what he believed in uh, stubborn with his with his presentation, what he expected from his players. And the players stayed together for the most part, even through what looked like a pretty dismal December. And then, as you know, the thing just turned around magically. And then every player got pointed in the right direction. A couple of deals were made, and bang, off they went. And it was uh, one of the most exciting and intriguing seasons that I, I think I've been a part of uh, with the Hurricanes and in my career. And then to see them get to the playoffs and accomplish what they did was – was outstanding and then obviously the team reaps the benefits because uh gets put on a lot better footing business-wise going into this season but the trick will be following it up and, and matching it and, and making it better in the, ne- in the next season
0: well john as you mentioned it started with rod brindemore but it also carried on through justin williams how important was he to the team to keep the message on point and what do we think about the future of justin williams and, and what he's going to do for the upcoming season
1: Well, I can't speak for him, but uh, I I know I share the thoughts of you and everybody around the team and certainly the entire fan base that you want to see him back, right? So this is a player that I think they really need to get back in the fold if he wants to do it. So you can't speak for him. He's got the right to uh, take his time, although time now is becoming a concern, and and make his decision on on whether or not he wants to play. Um, It's interesting because I, I would have thought by now, Um, we would have heard something, but apparently not. And uh, then you look at the salary structure, you try to figure out how they're actually going to do this when they do uh, sign Justin to a new contract, if that's the case. But getting back to what he did last season, that too was one of the greatest uh, individual captaincies that I've seen. And again, a player that can be trotted out in front of everybody on a daily basis, says the right thing, transmits the right message, to the fans, to the media, but most importantly, he's the lieutenant for Brindamore, and he's the guy who carries out, you know, the message from the coach's office and does it the right way and, and reestablished the standard and got the team back to identity, got the team back to somewhat of a tradition that had been gone for almost, you know, over a decade. So, uh, you know, that was, that was great to watch, and now at the age of 38, he's got a, a career decision to make, his last one, and we'll see where it goes.
0: Well, one of the things that we watched was the development of Sebastian Ajo turning into a playmaker, a point-per-game player, a 30-goal scorer, and that was noticed in the league. So, John, we knew he was going to get paid this offseason in some way, shape, or form, but you've been around this league for a while. The last time we saw a restricted free agent contract was 2013, so it had been six years since that happened. How shocked were you? that a team tested the Carolina Hurricanes and Sebastian Ajo, and then the, the resulting fallout from it. Is there any fallout from it other than Sebastian Ajo's a cane for the next five years?
1: Well, that's the good news from the team's perspective. I think it could have been better for the team had they you know, been able to get you know what they wanted. I'm sure they would have liked the max term for your own player, which is eight seasons, right? So I think they would have liked that. I mean, the player will be a, an unrestricted free agent at the age of 26. That's good for him. Um, hopefully the team can extend him at some point. But I think that the key here was that, you know, the Hurricanes obviously wanted to get somewhere with this player and get to it quickly. I think the player and his agent wanted to get to it quickly. They didn't want it to drag out for most of the summer like we're seeing with some of these other cases. But I think, to be fair, too, I think Sebastian and his representation were a little bit frustrated by where this was headed. So there's one way and one mechanism to get it to to work, and that would be to go down the road of an offer sheet. You have to get a team on the other side to be in compliance. The player has to understand that that could be his worst-case scenario that turns into his best-case scenario if, in fact, the team does not match. But the Hurricanes had said all along they would match any offer. Uh, Bluff was called. Bluff was uh, registered. Tom Dundon answered it, uh, matched the offer. Um, is responsible for a ton of bonus money up front, which I'm sure that, you know, that's something they probably didn't want to go down that road either. But with a lockout is a possibility in a couple of years. A lot of these players are looking for that. So it works. And I, I think, and as you know, and you know, Sebastian, as well as anybody, this is a player that did not want it to be protracted out over the summer, did not want to get to training camp without a deal, did not want to look at an opportunity not to... Uh, rejoin his teammates and share in their story from day number one as the follow-up act to last season. So I, I, I think for all parties involved now, the dust has settled. But remember, and I would guard the fans too, um, these situations are not always a slam dunk that they end up working out. Um, the majority, Some of these players, and in fact the majority of these players that have that have been in this predicament have been traded within the the framework of their new deal. Sometimes there's some built-in frustration on both sides that they they can't live with. I don't expect that out of this deal because I think uh, Sebastian Ajo is a heart and soul character player that matches talent.
0: Yeah, and John, a bigger picture just gets you to put on the, the full NHL hat on this one, but everybody seemed to be freaking out over the fact that Sebastian Ajo was offer sheeted and signed one but I would much rather go down that road than what Tampa is going through with Braden points or what Toronto is going through with Mitch Marner, because they might go into, and we saw last year with Toronto with William Nylander go into the season where this contract's hanging over the team and the players, and that doesn't get worked out. So I, I, can I say in a way, maybe Montreal actually did do the Canes a favor
1: that this didn't drag all the way into October. Well, they did them a favor because the offer wasn't really over the top. So it wasn't crippling for the hurricanes that much. Of course, it's easy for me to say that. It's not my money. It's Mr. Dundon's money. But it wasn't really crippling as far as um, the financial term, you know, where you would say there's absolutely no way the Hurricanes could operate having to play the, pay the player that much. So that wasn't the case. And the Montreal side of it was, you know, we'll try and, and put our feet in the water. Uh, we're not going all in either. It's going to be a fair offer, but our compensation is not going to be too bad if we do, in fact, get this player. And, again, it's the agent working on the other side to get a deal done, and it's the player who signs the sheet. And the player understands that that is an option. That's the only thing. I think a couple of those other guys, there's been rumors about Braden Point especially, a little bit with Marner, but Point uh, being in a position where uh, the the, the agent, which happens to be the same guy, Jerry Johansson, has been offered um, the possibility of an offer sheet to get a deal done, and he didn't want to do it. He wants to take the conventional route. But you're correct because what ends up happening is if you go conventional, it could become a game of chicken when you get to training camp and the next leverage point is opening night. And once you get to that, that's what happened with Nylander, a secondary player though, not a frontliner like Marner or Point or Ajo in this case. But anyway, it was still a game of chicken to the point where they surpassed opening night and it goes all the way to December because that's the next deadline. That's how dangerous it could be.
0: John Forslund joining us here, play-by-play voice of your Carolina Hurricanes on the David Glenn Show. Mike Maniscalco in for DG. John, to uh, another situation for contracts. Generally, general managers are usually all signed up. Was this much ado about nothing this week about Don Waddell interviewing in Minnesota or maybe a little more there there for the case of the Canes GM who doesn't technically have a contract right now?
1: Yeah, you know, there's... There's a lot to the saying in pro sports of where there's smoke, there's fire. You know that. Yep. So this one here seems like it's, it's an inferno because, uh, you know, apparently um, Don has already, you know, interviewed for this position. Um, I will say this, and I've said this to you and many other people over the course of um, the ownership of Tom Dundon. We've all known that when he bought the team, this was going to be unconventional. We all know that he's a maverick. We know that, you know, he likes to take a different path to get to where he wants to go. You can't argue with, obviously, his his business success. You can't argue with the success his team had last year. That's all well and good. The thing now is, like, like the team will have to um, get to that level again. You do have to follow it up from a business perspective the next season, you know, where you're going with your people, especially if their contracts are up. So I, I can say in my career, I've never seen a situation like this, number one, where a general manager, acting general manager, is is carrying out his daily uh, uh, work without a contract. To me, that's a little bit unusual. And then now to see him interview for another job with another member team weeks before training camp is extremely unusual. I've never seen it. So this one will get settled soon enough. I think when the dust settles, we'll be able to see what's going on here. But I don't think it's much ado about nothing. I, I think there's... There's obviously something to it. it. It's it's strange. I don't have any other way to characterize it.
0: Well, one of the things, though, that the general manager has done during his time right now uh, is by committee or however you want to look at it, brought in Eric Holla from Vegas, and then Ryan Dezingle signs as a unrestricted free agent. You add some goals to a team that last year, John, we saw it, was starving for goals in the beginning of the season. How much more improved is this roster as it stands here today in August than it was, say, last year at this time?
1: Well, a lot better because now you have lock-ins. So in, in Hollow's case, you're, you're, you're locking in a guy who a couple of years ago had the 29-goal season, and then last year has his major knee injury the first week of November. He's got to come all the way back from that. There's no reason to believe he can't. But he's a guy that plays with a ton of pace, make plays, can kill penalties, good in the circle, and you can move him around the lineup. I think he'd like to be in the two-hole, but he's likely to be the three-center the way things are lined up today. And then Ryan Dezingle is another player that fits the identity of the Hurricanes. He's a possession team. This guy is a shooter. they will ask questions later. Um, he takes a ton of shots. He's involved in scoring chances. He gets rubbed out a little bit in, in heavier games. But as we saw last season with Tavo Teravinen, those players that have that, um, that label can get by that label with more willingness to get to the scoring zones. And I think as we saw Table, uh, table take the next step, especially after he, he signed his contract extension, he became that type of player in the second half of the year and through the playoffs. He was, he was a recognizable guy in the playoffs, not a guy that, you know, went off into the woodwork. Dzingel had a little bit of that happen to him in Columbus, so he's going to have to make good on it. And I think at this stage of his career, with a good contract for him and a good contract for the team, that can definitely happen. You've got Niederreiter, who they acquired in January. Great season. You can lock him in for 25, 30 goals. And then you expect Andrei Svechnikov to surpass 20 goals in his second season and really emerge and take the next step as an elite top six forward this season. So they're far better um, from a production uh, expectation standpoint than they were a year ago today. Really set up well, and that's without Justin Williams. You get Justin Williams back, that's at least another 15 to 20 goals, depending on where he slots in. So offensively, there's there's nothing to worry about, I don't think.
0: Well, goaltender, you've got four under contract. How does that shake out in your mind right now, again, for this team? And no goaltender coach for the Carolina Hurricanes.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. You're going to have to volunteer for that. Um, just just put it down on, on your thing. You, you know a thing or two about goaltending. You could do that. One or two. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, you just tell which guy's playing and then we'll all, you know, second guess you afterwards. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> the thing here is it's going to be great for training camp because you're going to have three guys competing for the two job, And, you know, it would look like contractually and from a resume standpoint, James Reimer is that guy, right? But James Reimer has to get his career back on track a little bit and have a bounce back year, as did Peter Morozik last year and Curtis McElhinney to a degree. But then you've got Alex Medelgovic, and, and Anton Forsberg, Forsberg being the real dark horse, a one-way contract that he was awarded through arbitration last week kind of clouds that a little bit. You know, is he a guy that has a good showing in camp They end up moving him to another team? That's probably a likely scenario. But I think there's a there's a push there between uh, where Ned's at in his career as the American League Goalie of the Year, Caller Cup champion. Maybe his time is now to push Reimer, see where it falls. Um, Peter comes back. And and I'm real happy that he did. It's kind of interesting how that worked. It looked like that wasn't going to happen. But I think on July 1st, there was a seat at the table, and Peter needed that chair taken, and and the team needed Peter to sit down. And so they kind of fell back to each other, and that's good. But Peter's going to have to continue to improve and and get to the same level as last year as as the starter, you would say. But I think there'll be a push behind him to get in that same scenario where Two guys really contribute. But it'll be fun to watch. But I think the team has the ability to make a deal, too, which could be helpful, you know, once you get to training camp.
0: He's John Forsland. and uh, John, before uh, I let you go, we're going to hold you to uh, a question that it doesn't matter what's going to happen because, as we know, the season changes. So uh, where do you see the Canes fitting next year in the Metro Division? It seems that New Jersey and the Rangers have gotten better. We know that Pittsburgh has two guys who are really good at hockey and uh, Crosby and Malkin, and the Caps should still be the Caps. Where do the Canes fit into the Metro Mix next year? Should we expect them to be a playoff team again?
1: Well, I expect them to be a playoff team. I really do. I would be surprised if they didn't. I I think they they have everything in place to to make it happen. There wasn't that much attrition off the roster. I really believe Williams will seal it. Williams is an important piece to all of this, and I I would be more comfortable with Justin in the fold than not. The one thing about this team going into uh, next year, based on last year, is the goaltending was outstanding. So the goaltending will, again, have to be at a, at a way above average level for the team to be successful. But the defense is solid. It's the strength of the team. We covered off the goal scoring. Um, I think they'll improve on, with their special teams. I just think that's going to, with familiar faces, same coaching, I think that's got to get better and will. And, and I'm, I think you're right. I think there are teams in the division now that are not as good as they were. The Hurricanes are right there. There are other improvements, too. New Jersey will be better. The Rangers will be slightly better. There's there's going to be some real parity again in the metropolitan division, but I I expect the Kings to be there. I expect them to make the playoffs, and I think you have to draw the line at that because it it was proven last year. Once you get in, that's where that's then you worry about what's next. Just making the playoffs in the National Hockey League is tough enough. Are they a playoff team or not? I think they are.
0: John, always appreciate the time. Also taking time out from standing in line for the premiere for Blinded by the Light, the Bruce Springsteen movie that's coming out on the 14th. John took some time. By the way, that's autobiographical about John Forsland, his life growing up in Massachusetts. Except they moved it to England for some reason. I have no
1: idea why. Well, I, I know, but I, I sold off the right <laughs> years ago to, to that story. So I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to go. There's, there were too many blemishes, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah.
0: Uh, uh, don't worry. We'll cut them out in post, John. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Thanks so much, partner. We'll talk to you. I'll see you real soon. As a matter of fact, like this has been a short offseason. I can get used to this.
1: Hey, Big Rig, great to hear your voice. Can't wait. And to the lovely Kristen Maniscalco, happy anniversary.
0: Oh, thank you. That is a gift. There you go, Kristen. There's your gift. National yeah. broadcaster, John Forslund, wished you have? Thanks, John. I'm off the hook for a gift now.
1: Yeah, like I said, smoke and mirrors. Good <laughs> luck.
0: <laughs>
1: There's John Forslund if
0: you need him, everybody. Uh, coming up on the David Glenn Show, uh, we've got your phone calls to get into for Carolina Hurricanes hockey and uh, a few other points in between. There is a preseason football game tonight. We'll talk a little bit about the parallels for preseason in sports and what to look for. And of course, a little bit more of me and we close the show with a high spot if you don't know what that reference means I'll explain it to you coming up here on the David Glenn Show
2: Mike Krzyzewski joining us we ask folks you work with at Duke if you've changed or mellowed over the years well you know mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over you know the sunset you know Uh, (laughs) I don't see how
1: you can be mellow and coach a game that can't happen if it does then you shouldn't be coaching keep it here on the David Glenn Show
0: Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is Carolina Hurricanes Day on the DG program. I'm Mike Maniscalco of the Carolina Hurricanes. You might know me from Hurricanes Live, the pregame show on Fox Sports Carolinas or on carolinahurricanes.com as the web host or, of course, as the podcast host of Canescast. Once again, the 1,087th ranked podcast. In America, yeah. Look at all the 43 interns impressed with that, huh? Actually, I believe my podcast with Michael Smith is actually behind three of the interns. Of course, you have 68, so there's a real good chance that Cubby and the crew is a little bit ahead of me. (laughs) So, guys, I would have taken the time to learn your name, but I'm really old now, and there's too many of you, just being honest. I got to a point. Normally, I list them in the rundown, as you know, because I I guess on a typical show, we have like three or four. Yeah. There's... At seven today so. i know i walked in and i mean a few just, of them aren't even in studio they're off doing some other projects for me but i didn't even bother listing all of their names they just multiplied the this is actually bigger than most classes i took in college <laughs> like this is amazing to me so it's no bright future for all of you get out become teachers something else by the way darren vaught doing a great job as a mentor to all of them I'm going to do what you guys are working on. We're going to put that in rotate. No, you're not. Don't. Well, you're teaching them the valuable lesson if they're going to be lied to by management. So that is number one. <laughs> but don't give them the false hope because there's nothing worse than waiting by the radio. There's spot coming on. I edited that. That was me. I put the Ron Rivera quote. Oh, there it is. Remember the first time. Nothing like it. And then I'm getting one on TV. <laughs> and Okay. Ready? Go. Here we are. And now I'm back on radio. It's kind of weird. Yet uh, it it feels like home, Darren. Thank you. Uh, Darren Vaught uh, is one of the best in the business, producing, making sure that I have one sheet of paper with some names on it, which is probably more than I ever did as a producer. (laughs) So I appreciate it. One of the things, though, preseason football tonight. Oh, yeah. Are we ready for some football? Um, It's preseason. I want to. I try to fake the enthusiasm of preseason football. I try. The third game, that's what I hone in on because that's when the starters usually play the first half. That's the, you know, you keep hearing it's the dress rehearsal and all that. But for Carolina Panther fans tonight, you're not going to see Luke Keekley who was not, I repeat, was not, was not in the concussion protocol. Why do you keep telling us it wasn't the case? Somebody just rolled up on you. Well, then how's your knee? It wasn't a concussion. How's your knee? Wasn't in the concussion protocol. Well, somebody rolled up on you. Is your leg okay? Nobody's asked him about his leg. And then Cam Newton, who is just going to be perpetually in pain. Like, that's, I'm... He's just going to deal with that. He's going to be one of these players when his career is done is going to be the most misused, misjudged, missed, misunderstood, missed opportunity athletes that the NFL has seen maybe ever. I mean, you had this weapon who was unbelievable and the league. It's not that – and everybody, Panther fans, I am not stoking this fire for you. It's not that the league – had a different set of rules for Cam versus other guys. But Cam takes way more abuse than other quarterbacks. And in certain aspects of life and sport, there's some guys who just take more abuse. You know, Shaquille O'Neal, for those of you who remember, oh, wow, this is sad. What I look in there. Half these guys, they, might not. they weren't alive like when Shaq was playing. This is ridiculous. Or they were like four.
2: They were like you could count their age yeah. on one hand. Four. Yeah.
0: Oh, but, like, remember Shaq. Shaq was just big and strong, would, you know, pull his way into the to the hoop. But nobody ever watched on the other end when Shaq was just getting absolutely just bludgeoned on the other end. Nobody was as big as him, but, you know, he was getting pushed out of there. So, Newton is the same way. So, Newton's not going to play tonight, no surprise. Uh, so, you can watch. And all tonight is, is if you've got a question for starting spots, starting wide receiver, you know, is there a battle on the line? You know, does a guy look good? Does somebody just not get – absolutely run over tonight or look like they have no idea what's going on that's preseason now hockey is a little different you don't have you know 78 guys coming in to play you know the the 20 that you have for your first preseason game you only have you know they used to believe it or not hockey used to have play ridiculous amounts of preseason games like 12. I mean think about it that's an eighth of your season and they would do that in the preseason but it was kind of twofold. get back into shape kind of that camp and all that and they were looking for new guys to come in and play now the canes roster for training camp they're going to have a lot of young guys who come in and and are going to get a look uh some guys who are they going to make the team or not like marty nachos who was the first round pick from a few seasons ago is there a spot for him right now you look at how the roster is constituted and if justin williams comes back i don't know where you fit marty nachos on the canes roster but you just look for position battles and that's what preseason has become and I just I want to get excited about it I just I the first preseason game I can't I, I try I can't I know there are those who love it and yes it's excited that it's football on but by the the third quarter I, I might actually take a couple of snaps in the game I mean I'm, I'm built like a tackle now might as well do it What's the worst? I've seen other guys get run over on the way to Cam Newton getting hit. I can do that for a couple of mil. Why not? <laughs> uh, my knees are somewhat okay. Let's make this happen. I got a nasty streak in me too, Vaughn. All right, there you go. There's our preseason take for the David Glenn Show here on Keynes Day. Coming up, though, if there's a question about the Hurricanes you want answered that is out there that you haven't heard answered or anything in between for the hockey world, I am here for you. Help me help you at 1-800-849-2761 you have the entire break to get your question postulated formulated and then perhaps even asked here on the david glenn show
2: Ruffin McNeil, welcome back. I know we'll always be a huge part of you and your family. You know, this will be my last coaching stop after this. Yeah, maybe join you on a radio show or Amen. do some of that. Yeah. We'll be, we'll be doing some remote shows from your boat in the middle of the Caribbean somewhere <laughs> if I have my way.
1: You're listening to The David Glenn Show.
0: the david glenn show statewide worldwide on the world wide web there's so many of you okay let me paint the picture here (laughs) (laughs) i knew this was coming with drew over here i'm mike maniscalco filling in for david glenn and i there's a time where i did radio there's usually a window between where the host and the producer sit, so they can look at each other and they can signal things like when darren was telling me to wrap things up and Dude, you are Wendell Kim coaching third base for the Boston Red Sox. I am just running through whatever sign you put up because nobody (laughs) paid attention to him. There you go, Sox fans. I talked about him for you in a somewhat not negative light. Uh, That being said, so there's this window, and there's 43 interns here today for the David Glenn Show. I don't know what you guys all do, but I'm happy that you're here, and please get the college credit for it because it's awesome. But I'm looking at Darren, and imagine, have you ever been looking through a window – and somebody just kind of just creeps into the corner of it and like sticks their head in and it kind of frightens you. Like I'm ready to come back on the air and I look over and all of a sudden this face just comes in with a beard. Like, what's going on in there? What's he doing? All right. Intern Drew of Elon. Oh, Elon? Responsible for that. Go Phoenix, baby. And uh I believe our good friend Wes Durham would be excited about that. Ho ho! All right. We've got a pipeline. Oh, I know. It's a thing here. Good golly. Uh, <laughs> love me some Wes. Uh, he is a, uh, a good man. And uh, if you are a sports fan and a fan of the game played on a sheet of ice that's known as hockey in the Carolina Hurricanes, you got a question about the Canes, feel free to get it through right now here in the dog days of summer. But a lot of stuff going on for the Canes. Uh, the new video board is being constructed. And uh, my office looks right on to where they are building it. It is massive. Massive. I, I don't 100% quote me on the specs here, but I believe it's 51 feet by like 40. It's I just all I want to do is just play old video games on it like that's all I want I'm like this just be so great. Uh, but nonetheless, I think the fans are going to enjoy what's going on there. A few other things that are going on with the Carolina hurricanes For this off season. you have to take a look at, at the way that things move and we've had a bunch of guests on today who've talked about how the season is, gone, what it led to this offseason, what it's moving to. Two of the highlight stories over the past week because, man, I feel like I'm uh, on a cable news network. Well, you know, the 24-hour news, news cycle says the biggest story that came out this week was that Don Waddell was allowed to interview for the vacant GM position of the Minnesota Wild because Don Waddell himself, while in the employee of the Carolina Hurricanes, does not have a new contract. Story comes out yesterday. This is no big deal as the majority owner, Tom Dundon, put out, look, if people want to explore options and feel that there's a better option out there, I won't stop them from doing that. And that's basically what this situation came down to. Now, Don Waddell knows that if he wants to be the GM of the Carolina Hurricanes, he's the GM, and Tom Dundon wants him to be that. But he wasn't going to stop him from interviewing for that job if it's something that he wanted to do, just to see what's out there. And I think that... While there is, depending on how you want to look at this, there's there, there. You know, why would you let your your current general manager interview for a position if you're happy with him? You know, the New York Rangers won't let Chris Drury, who's an assistant general manager, this is a step up. They will not let the Wild interview him. No, can't talk to him. That to me, I think, is dumb. At least let your, your guy talk to him and get the experience. And, you know, now you're doing the solid two for your guy. Like, hey, we're going to let you talk to him, but just so you know, We want you. This is our plans for you. So if you want to go and hear what they have to say, that's great. And that moves on. And the other thing that this offseason that everybody lost their mind over, and I'm going going on my soapbox right now for this one, Uh, the people who I work with in Kane's Vision, who, by the way, I mentioned the video board, who put up all of the graphics, all of the videos that you see that do tireless work. Uh, people want to know, what do I do in the summer? I work with them. And when I say I work with them, I stick my head in. They're just constantly doing nothing but work and producing and putting things. Uh, Christine Williams, Zach McClusick, Rachel Silberman, they're all great. You'll never hear their names. Chris Greenlee, who runs Kane's Vision, you never hear their names. Uh, I stick my head in. And I go, you need anything from me today? And I'm like, uh, we're doing this. If we need you, we'll let you know. And I crawl to my office and I just sit there and I look at hockey rosters all day and make sure I'm ready for the season. This is what you guys are getting into. Get all of the interns in here. Build a bigger room for it. But it's like nothing but prep. So I get ready for this. And, of course, I go online. Why? Why Never read the comment section. So when the Sebastian Aho contract situation came out, everybody lost their mind. And the Hurricanes from day one said, if he gets to July 1st and we don't have a contract and somebody offers sheets him, we will match it. Said it day one said it like the basically on the exit interviews and you know Montreal does the offer sheet everybody loses their mind and people this is the one thing that bothers me about the overreaction to things everybody goes oh he doesn't want to play for the Carolina Hurricanes no he just didn't want to sit through the entire summer then have to sit through September and October and argue over what you start to argue over $500,000 a year two years well, the Hurricanes wanted him for eight years. Sebastian Aho, their 30-goal scorer, their point-per-game player. And Sebastian and his agent, and you, know, you can hate agents all you want or love them. We know a lawyer or a barrister who hosts this show. Uh, and, and he understands the job is you get the best deal for your client, and you get them what they want. And by the way, I think that's the future of contracts. Forget the get me locked in for you know, 10 years at $8 million, especially where there's salary caps that can go up and the NHL salary cap's going to go up, guys want to get locked in for the percentage of the contract, not the give me $8 million. No, I want to make the 21% of the salary cap that I'm allowed to get. I know I'm getting way into the weeds on the numbers here, but Montreal did a huge favor because the contract itself is not huge. It's all signing bonus, and that means the owner has to fork over the check to do that. And Tom Dundon did slap down $70 million for the AAF, depending on how you want to look at it. And he walked away from it. Now, he's not totally thrilled about it. I can't totally speak for the owner, but I, if I lost $70 million, I wouldn't be totally thrilled about it either. But he said he had the money and he was going to pay for it and move on. So my problem with the whole Ajo thing, the second the deal came in, people were like, oh, is he, are they going to sign him? Why did he sign with Montreal? Because Montreal gave him the contract he wanted. Five years with a whole bunch of money. And Sebastian Ajo knew because the Canes told him, we're going to sign you. We, we will match unless it was some ridiculous offer. like, And Montreal couldn't. But if it was like $12 million a season with a $100 million signing bonus, like something just absolutely ridiculous, which it wasn't. We knew the Canes were going to match. But my problem is now all of these people, all of the experts, all of the everyone, who are just sitting there hammering the canes. Oh, how can they let this happen? How does it get to that? Why aren't they hammering Tampa, Toronto, Winnipeg? All these teams that have high-profile players that are restricted free agents, they don't have a deal done. And they're going to – what's worse to me is I go to October and I don't have Mitch Marner or I don't have Patrick Laine under contract to find these teams. And, you know, now what are you going to do? You got to count on that. You can't bring in somebody because you're trying to give them money there. And now you just sit back. So the biggest, the two biggest stories, the one right now, the Don Waddell thing, it'll get resolved. He's going to be the general manager of the team. The, the owner said as much yesterday in an interview with Tom Galitti from NHL.com. And the Aho thing, everybody wanted to talk about, what does that mean? Well, you know what it means? The owner's not afraid to shell out $20 million in a calendar year for a hockey player. So if anybody was worried about that, ease your mind. So hopefully that answers some of the questions you might have had, and uh, those were the two big for me, the two big burning issues this offseason for the Carolina Hurricanes. Hopefully I extinguish them in your mind here on the David Glenn Show. Coming up, does it get any bigger than SummerSlam? Oh, I don't think so. And we bring in somebody who will intimately tell us what we need to know about all of these deals coming off of the top rope next on the David Glenn Show.
2: UNC coach Roy Williams is joining us. You are uncomfortable with your name in the same sentence as Dean Smith. I know that I will never be as good as he was in in any way. Yet when I hear people say those things, yeah, those things are pretty neat. But I try to make sure that's about as far as I go. Keep it here on the David Glenn Show.
0: Oh, pretty soon. Pretty soon. We're under 54 days, I think. Today it's 54 exactly, to the start of the NHL season. October 2nd for the Carolina Hurricanes. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. I say that as there's only seven minutes left in the program. Welcome to the David Glenn Show. It's Carolina Hurricanes Day. I'm Mike Maniscalco. Thank you for joining us. Now, we have talked about a few other things here besides the Hurricanes, just the minuscule things. But joining us now here on the David Glenn uh, English Tea Hotline A man who uh, one time hosted uh, the Stormfront, that's what it used to be called, and Stormwatch, and then, of course, Aftermath on the radio side of things. As he always said, when you hear his voice, you immediately think hockey, or you think of the surprising and very successful podcast for wrestling, Go Get Over. And I believe he is up for the new host job of the game show that will sweep the nation who's more grizzled. He is the one and only Chris Morris. Chris Morris, welcome to The David Glenn Show.
2: Mike, a pleasure to talk with you as always, my friend. Well,
0: thank you, my friend. Well, we're bringing you on one for a huge high spot. It's SummerSlam. Forget uh, the Midsummer Classic of the All-Star Game. This is what everybody wants to know. And uh, the highlight match, Brock Lesnar for what, the 37th time coming out of (laughs) UFC, whatever is the highlight against Seth Rollins. Is, Is this what we're waiting for? Is there something else on this card that you've got circled?
2: Uh, well, there's a couple of other uh, things that uh, should be quite entertaining, but obviously uh, Brock Lesnar, whether you love him, whether you hate him, and uh, a lot of professional uh, wrestling fans uh, fall on the side of hating him these days, but he's an attraction, bottom line. That's why he's still involved, and uh, that, that that will be your headline match. Uh, Brock Lesnar v. Seth Rollins coming up on, uh, on Sunday, and it should be pretty entertaining.
0: Well, you speak of entertaining, and what uh, we've gone down this road, can we ever get back to where it was or is the genie like way too far out of the bottle for these events? Because it seems like we go every month and here's a the, the SummerSlam and then we get the bigger one. Now WrestleMania is right around the corner. Can we ever get back to where it seems, you know, everybody's all in or that's that's kind of gone. Those days are over now.
2: Well, it's not like it was, uh, Mike, when you and I back uh, as children of the 80s, whenever we were first getting, uh, getting into our fandom as uh, far as professional wrestling goes. But look, man, there's an audience for the Bachelorette, and you can't tell me that that's any less work than professional wrestling is. It's just a matter of uh, can you suspend your disbelief? And uh, one thing I will say about the WWE, and I've been quite critical of their product over uh, the last couple of years, they're starting to up their game uh here as uh aew a new promotion all elite wrestling will be launching uh their television product coming up in october on tnt on wednesday night so competition's good for everybody for so many years since the decline of wcw wwe's been the only game in town uh now that they've got some competition with some legit money backing them the uh the con family uh of jacksonville jaguar ownership fame are uh, backing all elite wrestling so uh, whenever you have competition, hey, iron sharpens iron, and uh, everything uh, everything gets better when there's competition.
0: And whenever you can include Mr. Khan into anything, that doesn't hurt either. Uh, Chris Morris joining us here to talk a little bit about SummerSlam. And, yes, uh, let's go with another name from our childhood of, well, the 90s and early 2000s bill goldberg back in the ring chris former nfl player and former champion who was unbeatable and we could always say that could be the ruination of the wcw when they had him beat uh that being said he's wrestling is this just a grasp at straws or is there some there uh left in the tank for for bill goldberg
2: well they've brought bill goldberg back a couple times over the past couple of years uh they most recently brought him back to wrestle the undertaker in uh, what can uh, basically be called a god-awful match uh, in their uh, most recent trip uh, over to the Middle East a couple months ago. Uh, it left a sour taste in the mouth of uh, wrestling fans everywhere and, uh, needless to say, sour taste in the mouth of both The Undertaker and Bill Goldberg. So I think bringing him back, putting him in the ring with a guy who could really go like Dolph Ziggler, I think is just the way. Nobody wanted that Goldberg-Undertaker match to be the last uh, image we had of either one of those legendary performers. So uh, this is an opportunity to kind of uh, give him a nice way to, uh, to wrap up, I think.
0: All right, so bottom line, wait for the bootleg uh, to come out of SummerSlam or uh, invest the bucks and watch this thing?
2: Uh, well, uh, subscribe to the WWE Network if you haven't already because that'll save you money. But if you don't feel like doing that, I, I think you can still uh, check, uh, put out uh, the-, the cash to, uh, to pay full price. But uh, I think it'll be worth investing. There'll be some entertaining matches uh, here. And again, the WWE is really starting to raise their game a little bit as uh, they're trying to uh, stave off the uh, possibility of seeing a uh, another promotion come in and uh, cut into their fan base. So uh, I think this will be worth checking out on Sunday. should be fun.
0: Always, Chris. Appreciate it. By the way, a lot of people don't know Chris was the first man to lead a team of horses up Bear Mountain.
2: well i'm just proud of myself for not calling uh you by your christian name sir since by one year you are my elder
0: well that is correct i don't take time (laughs) just so you know i don't i don't much care for that
2: (laughs) Uh, i get that a lot i
0: know you do chris morris thanks for uh jumping in jumping off of the top rope and giving us a high spot
2: i appreciate it mike and now go get over buddy
0: thank you that's what we're all about here on the david glenn show you thought that it was just going to be all hockey shame on you people Summer slams around the corner. I remember as a kid, you used to be so excited for that stuff. And then, you know, you, when when you learn how the magic trick is done, you're not as excited about watching the magic trick anymore. And you're like, oh, look, can I do like the thing with the interns here? Like, oh, my thumb. Oh, look, guys, you see that? Oh, how that happened. Like, two of them are actually, and I didn't even, I half hearted it, moving the thumb. Never mind. All right. First off, you had Drew. I did have Drew. Drew was fired up. His thumb is coming apart. It does, but it's only because I'm old, Drew. (laughs) Nothing else to do with that. All right. Well, thanks to David Glenn for wanting to go to England and take vacation so I get some time to jump into the chair and uh, remember how to do this. In the words of uh, John Lennon, hopefully I pass the audition. I don't know if I – I never know if I get asked back after doing this, Darren. So if, if there's another Canes Day. I think it's a gift. <laughs> <Yeah, okay. laughs> <laughs> we're we get we're day-to-day in this business, oh, man. Trust, trust you me. You get it. You get it. The, if the last eight minutes didn't let you know that there are two guys who live that motto, nothing else will. Uh, for the 4,000 interns who are here today, guys, thank you very much for all of the moral support and listening to an old man drone on with stories. Uh, for Darren Vaught, who does a great job producing. Uh, for David Glenn, who's going to tell you about the English beer he drank that was wonderful That is coming next week. I'm Mike Maniscalco. Don't forget, the Carolina Hurricane season opens up October 2nd when they take on the Montreal Canadiens. Oh, the delicious irony. All of your French Canadian tears. Can't wait for that. Uh, Have a good sports day. I don't know how to end a show anymore other than saying thanks, David, for letting me fill in. For Darren and the crew, I'm Mike Maniscalco. Enjoy your uh, preseason football tonight. Good night.